What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of 2020 for the Reviewer Vibe. For the Viewer Vibe show. Jesus. Starting off great already, man. Welcome to the very first episode of 2021 for the Reviewer Rob show. I'm, of course, your host, Reviewer Rob. Shocking, right? I know. Hope everybody out there enjoyed the new year. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to getting into the year 2021 and hoping for a lot of uh, happiness and a lot of change, a lot of positivity going into 2021. Hope that continues going, man. This year can be full of so many promises and so many hopes for so many. Keep that positivity going. Uh, me, didn't really do anything. Been watching theme park videos like crazy. Watching uh, my favorite vlogger, Oibi. Great videos, man. So I've been watching his theme park videos a lot. And, uh, you know, just ready for the new year. Putting together a list that I'm going to be doing for the next couple of episodes. I'll have some lists going on. Um, that's pretty much all I've really been up to. So if you're ready, we're going to get into the news. And we had some uh, very interesting big news um, break, break today. This is something that's being reported today. Nothing officially confirmed, but pretty much seems official. Was that the main Batman going forward in the DCEU is going to end up being the greatest Batman of all time, live action-wise. And that is... The one and only Michael Keaton, apparently. Um, this was shocking news that broke today, which I couldn't believe. Um, I mean, there's been the rumor that's been going on for a while that Michael Keaton will be in the standalone Flash movie that's coming from Warner Brothers that I'm super stoked and excited for as, one, somebody who likes Ezra Miller, and two, Flash is my favorite superhero. So, been waiting for that movie for a long time, and... Once they announced that two Batman will be in it, uh, Michael Keaton reprising his role as um, Batman from 1989 and Ben Affleck reprising his role as Batfleck, if you will. So, and we've seen concept art um, shared by Andy Machete. I like calling him Machete. <laughs> it's Muschetti or something like that. I suck with names. We know how this goes already. But saw the concept art with... Batman 89 and the concept art. So, I mean, that's pretty much guaranteed Michael Keaton's going to be in it. But today, there was this report now that not Ben Affleck, but Michael Keaton is going to be the DCEU's Batman going forward, which is very interesting. I know you probably got some questions about Robert Pattinson, so I'll get into that in a uh, second. Basically, what's going on is production is starting for The Flash uh, very soon, starting in, uh, I want to say, April... Yep, April, I was right. Um, now, like, now there's this development that Michael Keaton may be the Dark Knight from going beyond just the one appearance that we were expecting to get him in the uh, Flash movie. According to New York Times writer Brooks Burns, who uh, recently did a profile on DC Films President Walter Hamada. Hey, I think I nailed that last name. Um... A quote from the Warner Brothers executive actually indicates that moving forward, Keaton will be the main Batman in the DCEU, effectively replacing Ben Affleck through a multiverse handover that will no doubt occur in the Flash solo outing. So, that's interesting news. 
Sorry for the pausing. Um, if you remember last week's episode, I mentioned I was sick. Still dealing with some of that uh, a week later. It's pretty much at that phase where it's at the annoyance, even the extra annoyance phase where it's like pretty much over. But you got this stupid hangover cough and all that stuff. But um, going back into that, so had this um article where he's talking to the Warner Brothers executive. Um, the DC Films president, excuse me. Um, Walter Hamada, a quote from the Universal Brothers, Universal Brothers. <laughs> I wish, man, I wish Universal owned DC. Um, Warner Brothers execs indicating of the Michael Keaton thing, right? And said, coming up, for instance, Warner, quote, coming up, for instance, Warner Brothers will have two different film sagas involving Batman, played by two different actors running at the same time. So there you go. Robert Battenson, as I like to call him now, that's still going on, and that's like a separate film universe. Think of it like um, the Joker film that came out not too long ago, where that's just a separate universe, doesn't exist within the DCEU. Pretty much the same thing going on with the Robert Battenson movie, it seems. Um, Amada stated in the profile, someone asked Barnes for clarification on the other Batman. Amada meant besides the separate Robert Pattinson trilogy... Barnes then confirmed that it was Keaton when he was asked this question. So, that's freaking huge news. I mean, production begins on The Flash again in April. Um, that studio is also working on The Batman. Um, the studio where The Flash is being filmed. Sorry. Dealing with my freaking deciding if I got a cough or not. I don't want to cough in y'all's ears. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, that works out right there that they're going to be filming in the same place the Batman was filming. I mean, that helps with the Robert uh, Pattinson. Um, and they already got the DC stuff set up, which is interesting because they're going to be filming in the same set. But, you know, Robert Pattinson apparently is not part of the Flash movie, maybe, possibly. Interesting to see what happens there because, you know, anything can really happen when it comes to these movies and it comes to, you know, DC and they have all the other, you know, Earths. So anything is possible with DC films, but it's very interesting to read that. I knew Ben Affleck has been in and out for a while about if he was in the DCEU or not. It seems like there's a report that he is done with it once again, other than this, um, supposed scene he'll be doing in the, uh, upcoming flash solo film, but holy freaking crap, man, that is awesome news. I love Michael Keaton. He's my favorite Batman. He's always been my favorite Batman. Um, so Super stoked and excited about that. I was already excited that we are just going to see him for who knew how long in the Flash solo movie now. Batman's back, man. He's Batman. He's the Batman. So that's really cool, and I can't wait to see how that's going to work out. Now, of course, I'm getting super stoked and excited about this. This is just a report. Nothing has been confirmed by um, Warner Brothers of DC or Michael Keaton about any of this. But I would have to say, again, with that concept art that was shown at DC Fandom, it's a... Uh, Pretty good, pretty good guess that he is definitely in the Flash movie and definitely in talks with um, Warner Brothers in DC about doing more stuff. So bring that on, man. Super stoked and excited about that. And next bit of news I got is actually going to be dealing with the DCEU as well. Um, with uh, Justice League, Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder saying there are no plans for a Justice League sequel. Quote, when asked, would I continue? I have no plan to, but as I said, I didn't think I'd be here, so who knows. Um, and I cut that down. There was like a real 
long quote about talking about how he didn't think he would have ever had the chance to finish doing his Justice League movie. Of course, here he is, and it will be um, is expected to be out in March on uh, HBO Max. Super stoked and excited for that as well. Can't wait to watch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Again, like I just said with the Batman story, I will believe it when I see it. Kind of deal, because one, we didn't think this Justice League movie was going to happen at all. The Snyder version. Um, let alone, you know, we don't... I mean, this movie is highly anticipated. I mean, the internet got this movie to happen. So, people are going to show up and watch this. And if it's handled well and it's received well, it makes a lot of uh, subscriptions, I guess. It gets a lot of um, talk going. I mean, that may drive them to want to do more work with Zack Snyder. So, definitely... You know, he seems to think he's done, maybe could be done, but, you know, again, when this thing hits, it might hit huge, and they'd be like, hey, let's uh, try to work on this, which is interesting, because, again, with the before mentioned Ben Affleck not being a part of it anymore, uh, you know, they gotta figure that out, because, you know, he's kind of part of the Justice League, <laughs> um, unless, again, we're doing separate Earths, and we're putting Michael Keaton in that spot, I guess now. Who knows, man, but I'm just super excited and into it. A lot of questions to be asked, but I love DC, so I can't wait to see what they uh, decide to give us. And speaking of what they are giving us, we are getting a rated R Suicide Squad movie from James Gunn, as he had confirmed it on Twitter with an exchange with a fan saying that the movie will be rated R, which is big news, man. Um, that... Kind of seems like that kind of film would fit like a rated R feeling for sure. You know, you got all these wild and rambunctious characters and everything. So, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think rated R is a good way to go with the Suicide Squad. Which that's coming out this year as well. We'll be on HBO Max, man. So a lot of good stuff coming to HBO Max this year. Uh, DC-wise, not alone, let alone all of the Warner Brothers stuff that's coming as well. So that's very interesting. Can't wait to see what happens there. Um, news that maybe some people be very excited about. I am one of those people that, eh, because <laughs> I haven't really seen all of these movies. But um, Richard Donner, you know, ninety years old, <laughs> is getting back in the director's chair to team up once again with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover for a Lethal Weapon Five. Man, um, honestly, I didn't know there was four of those movies. <laughs> um. Nothing. I mean, I haven't watched them. They haven't really ever grabbed my attention, to be completely honest with you. But, I mean, Lethal Weapon 5, and we live in a world where, you know, Indiana Jones 5 is happening as well. Jeez, you know. Hey, I mean, if it works, it works. I'm sure there is definitely an audience for it. Uh, Richard Donner said this will be the last Lethal Weapon film, which... You know, he's 90 years old, so good on him. Good on him for having love for the business and, you know, sitting there and still working at 90 years old. Man, that's awesome. So, good for him. I may end up seeing it eventually. I'm going to have to see all the other four um, <laughs> to get there. Uh, um, other news, I'm guessing this did really well. Uh, Netflix is making a sequel to We Can Be Heroes. Uh, which was from Robert Rodriguez, a uh, superhero film starring everybody's internet love right now, Pedro Pascal, who was most recently in Wonder Woman 84, and um, Priyanka Chopra Jonas. I think I got that right. Yes, I got that right. I feel like I got that right. Um, 
I, I think this was like a, I don't know, sequel, follow-up in the universe of uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. You know, cool. I didn't watch it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't see Spy Kids or Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, I know it has its following. I know a lot of people were happy when this was announced. I think Taylor Lautner's not in it, which is interesting. Um, I didn't think he had anything else better to do. But, subtle shot at Taylor Lautner. He didn't deserve that. Or maybe he did. Who knows. But, cool. I mean, they're getting a sequel. That seems very quick. I think this came out fairly recently. Uh, the We Can Be Heroes thing came out fairly recently. And, you know, good luck to him. You know, funny story about Spy Kids. I was, um... When I was younger, I snuck in. <laughs> I snuck in because of Spy Kids. So my brother and I went to the theaters to see Twenty Eight Days Later, and I was too young at the time, so I had to get a ticket for Spy Kids 3D, um, and then snuck in to see <laughs> um, to see uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. So that's that was interesting, um, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> Twenty Eight Days Later. What a movie. Uh, saw that recently, did an episode with the Haunters podcast. My brother and I and the Haunters teamed up and talked about 28 Days Later. You know, check that out if you get a chance. And then, last bit of news here, which they'll make just about anything into a movie now, it seems. Uh, the iconic Rubik's Cube puzzle. You know, the little square thing where you gotta make all the colors match or something like that? I've never been smart enough to get that puzzle done correctly. But, um... That's being made into a movie. So, I don't know if it's going to be a movie about the creator of the Rubik's Cube. I don't know if the Rubik's Cube is going to have, like, powers or something. I don't know. But, you know, they are working on a movie right now for this thing. And more power to them, man. Um, it's, just, it's, it's, it's wild to think that they're turning that into a movie. But, hey. They turned freaking Angry Birds into a movie, didn't they? Did they make a movie out of emojis, too? Yeah. I didn't watch that. Um, <laughs> you know, I had no desire to see that movie at all. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, I haven't seen it, so I can't fairly judge it. But, yeah, I had no desire to see that movie. I probably will never see that movie, to be honest with you. Uh, as far as the Rubik's Cube movie, hey, once I get a trailer and get an idea of what the movie's about, then I'll make a decision if I see it or not. Also, hope that y'all can hear me. I feel like I'm talking low because of my voice. Um, yeah, I'm talking low because of my voice. Breaking news right there. Jesus, I'm smart. Starting 2021 off on a hot note. <laughs> um, nonetheless, um, going to take a break and then I'm come back with uh, something special. Hang tight. Do you like to go to Halloween Horror Nights? Do you yourself like Hollow Scream, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and other scary things? Or maybe on the weekend, you like to summon a ghost or go find yourself a demon. If you do, then this is the podcast for you. Haunters! You can follow us every Wednesday on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Haunters Pod. Where we're ready to haunt you. Ah, oh, wonderful. It comes off kind of creepy. We're keeping it! Oh yeah, welcome back to the show everybody So, special episode, may have mentioned this in last week's episode, who knows I'm uh, pretty sure I did So what I was going to do this week is 
do my list of films that released in 2020 that I saw. Now, this is something I've typically done a number of times on, um, like, Facebook or something like that. On, like, my personal Facebook, where every year, you know, obviously I watch a lot of movies, love movies. I take in every new movie that's come out in that year. And at the end of the year, or the very beginning of the next year, I make a list, man. I put them in order of how I felt, what was my favorite movie, all the way down to my, uh, least favorite movie that I saw that year, and before I just, like, threw it on Facebook, um, now, I have a podcast, so, I'm able to, you know, go more into it, talk about it more, and everything of that nature, um, 2020 was a wild year, obviously, couldn't really get to the movie theaters all that much, but a lot of movies did come out, and I've watched a lot of movies, um, <laughs> going through it, so, um, obviously, 2020, so what I did was I put together my, um, 20 films of 2020. So I'm just going to go ahead and preference it as that. This is the 20 films that I saw in 2020 that were my favorite. Or, you know, well, <laughs> some of them weren't my favorite movies, but, you know, I had to make a, you know, 20. Um, so I know most people do like top 10s and all that stuff. I like to be eccentric, I guess, and just, you know, have fun with it because it was 2020. It's a top 20. You see what I did there? It's so awesome. I'm so awesome, man. But, um, <laughs> you know, nonetheless, I just thought it'd be fun to do, like, a top 20. So, obviously, in 2022, uh, I'm going to do a 21 list from 2021, you know, because I'm cutesy like that. So, go ahead and preference it. This is my list. Obviously, um, people have their different lists. They have their different feelings about movies. That's your prerogative. That's your thing. You know, I'm going to, we're not all going to have the same opinions. Um also going to preference it by saying there are some movies that I did not see that came out in 2020. Um, Bill and Ted 3, I never got around to seeing. Uh, Tenet, Mulan, and Freaky as well, I never got around to seeing. Um, two of those movies probably could have made the list uh, in Bill and Ted and Freaky. Mulan, I never had really any interest to see that movie. And Tenet... You know, I had chances to see the movie, but I didn't. It just never grabbed me, and I don't know what it was about that movie. It just it never got me enough to where I wanted to see it. And, you know, I like the actors in the film, and don't have much of an issue with Christopher Nolan until recently when he's been complaining about the Warner Brothers thing. But, you know, I didn't get to see those movies at any point during this year. They very well could have had Bill and Ted and Freaky in the top 20 at some point. I, you know, I guarantee you they could have been in the top 20 because there's a couple movies in my top 20 that I didn't overly like, but I enjoyed them more than some of the movies I saw this year. Looking at you, Gretel and Hansel, man, that movie sucked. Um, um, so yeah, preference it there. A couple movies that I didn't see that could have made the list. Um, as for movies I did see that I didn't put in the list, uh, Gretel and Hansel, watch that, didn't like it. Um, The Hunt, it was fine, but you know. Didn't really do much for me. Varium, didn't like it. Uh, Capone, weird movie. It was alright, but, you know, didn't like it. And You Should Have Left, I was hoping for a whole lot more from that movie and did not like that either. So, there you go. Getting all the stuff out of the way that I needed to get out of the way, I guess. Um, so now we're getting into my 20 films from 2020. Um, from out of all the movies I saw, all the move, new movies, movies that released in 2020, um, out of all those movies, 
this is the 20 that I liked the most that I saw, I guess. Um, starting in, I'm going to go 20 to 1, as countdowns do. So, number 20, barely, just barely getting in there, is um, Unhinged. So, that was the Russell Crowe movie where he plays a freaking dude with a road rage, <laughs> essentially. Um, I did review it. I did an episode where I reviewed it. Didn't overly like the movie all that much, but I think it got into my list just because it surprised me with how gory it got. Um, I was not expecting it to be that gory and, you know, kind of intense movie, but you know, overall the movie didn't make a whole lot of sense. A lot of things didn't seem to really make sense in that movie. So just barely gets onto my uh, 20 list. I will be honest. I will never watch that movie again. Um, <laughs> uh, coming in at number 19 is the lodge, uh, kind of a mind tripper movie and you know, again, just barely made it onto this list based on, you know, other movies I saw this year. It it was alright, it was fine. And again, it's one of those movies where I don't really ever plan on seeing that one again. And, you know, I'm not, as I mentioned before, I'm not really into the big old head trippy movies. So, there you go. Um, So, there you go. 19 and 20 were, you know, movies just to fill out the list, essentially, to be honest with you. Um, Moving on to number 18 is a Netflix movie. By the name of The Babysitter Killer Queen. Um, the movie was fine. It was enjoyable. Didn't think it was as good as the uh, first Babysitter movie. But, you know, it was new. Came out in 2020. Had some decent scenes into it. Had um, It was like a fun movie. It was one of those fun horror movies. So it was fun. You know, cast was fun. Whatever. Uh, so number 18, Babysitter Killer Queen. It's on Netflix. Uh, number 17 is a movie that kind of surprised me. Because I'm not a huge Vin Diesel fan. But coming in at number 17 is a movie by the name of Bloodshot. Um, this is a movie where he's kind of like a superhero. He's got these special powers, all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, the movie actually surprised me. He's got some really cool scenes and all that. But I've actually really, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. And there's a chance I could end up watching that movie again at some point. I just thought, you know, there's some scenes that were visually stunning in it. And um, I haven't watched Bloodshot in a while. So I'm trying to recapture everything I thought about that movie. But... Didn't hate it, which really surprised me, and that's kind of why it uh, made the list. Um, number 16, we have Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, live-action movie of a video game that I loved when I was a child playing. And overall, didn't think it was that great of a movie. Um, I think it got up to 16 just because of Jim Carrey. You know, to be completely honest with you, Jim Carrey is absolutely amazing in that movie. It was great to see... Uh, you know, classic Jim Carrey come out, if you will, you know, eating every, eating the scenery, doing his thing, having a great time. He was, he was good. Um, and also got to support that movie for, um, making the changes it needed to, because if you remember when the first trailer came out and people had issues with how Sonic looked, they're like, Hey, we understand. They went back, they fixed it. So big ups on them, big props on them. Not the best movie overall, but definitely better than some movies I saw in 2020. And again, Jim Carrey is fantastic. Number 15, and this kind of hurts me to have it this low, um, simply because I love Lucy Hale. Um, I, you know, I absolutely love Lucy Hale. She's one of my favorite actresses, and, you know, so much so I think I probably enjoy Truth or Dare a whole lot more than other people because she's in it. But at the same time, I don't really hate Truth or Dare. I think Truth or Dare is a fun movie. Um, can't say it too much with Fantasy Island, though. Um, 
I don't know what it is of that movie. It took me three watches to kind of enjoy it, and there's parts of the movie that are enjoyable. I think I was anticipating a whole lot more than what I got from that movie. And, you know, it's it's got some good stuff in it, but, you know, it's 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 a shaky movie. And, you know, which, again, hurts me to say because I love Lucy Hale. But we'll see. This is her second time working with Blumhouse. I'm sure there will be a, more work with Blumhouse to come down the road with her. Or not. Either way, gonna always support Lucy Hale and love her movies. And Fantasy Island, I mean, was what it was. I'm sure I will end up watching that movie again for sure. Um, number 14 is another movie that um, came out kind of recently. Another Netflix movie by the name of Holidate. Uh, this movie kind of surprised me. It was kind of fun. Uh, basically, premise of the idea is two people who are normally... Um, lonely or not even lonely but normally like single during the holidays so they decide to make a deal to be each other's holiday see how that works and you know i thought it was a fun cute movie definitely funny emma roberts was fantastic in it so holiday it was a good time man and um gladly put that on the list coming in at 13 probably much lower on my list than a whole lot of people's list but I don't know, man. This movie didn't didn't hit me the way it hit a lot of people. And that is going to be, at number 13, Bad Boys for Life. Uh, the third Bad Boys film. Um, I don't know what it was about this movie. I definitely thought it was good enough to make it in the top 13. So there's that. Uh, Will Smith is always awesome. Martin Lawrence is always awesome. But there's just something about this movie that didn't grab me. And, you know, I remember watching, I don't know what it was. Maybe, I don't know if it was like seemed like it was a tad too long uh, there's scenes in the movie that just seemed like, um, forced, if you will, and I don't know, and plus I love Bad Boys 2, I think of the three, Bad Boys 2 is probably my favorite, so I think coming off of that movie and Bad Boys for Life just didn't hit it for me, uh, I don't hate it, obviously I got a pretty decent list on, um, on my list, I got a decent list on my list, I got a pretty... A good part of my list, but, you know, like I said, it's not a movie that I hate, but it's not a movie that where it's like, it didn't do nothing for me. It didn't do much for me, you know. Meh. Um, number 12 is a movie, another movie that, you know, absolutely surprised me because I really did not know what to expect from this movie going in, but I have uh, Becky at number 12. Becky is a movie starring Kevin James. It's like a freaking killer man, <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Like I said, the first time I saw, like, I saw the, I think I saw the headlines, like, see Kevin James is a sadistic killer. I'm like, what? Kevin James? King of Queens? That's interesting. Um, I saw the trailer, I'm like, right on. And then I watched the movie, I'm like, freaking A, man. Um, again, kind of like I said with Unhinged, this movie's got some brutality to it, but much better movie than Unhinged. You know, good enough story. The acting's good. You know, Becky was a surprising film. If you haven't checked out Becky... Give that a check out, man. I think it's a Redbox original film, um, which I didn't even know that was a thing. But hey, definitely check it out, man. Um, that was uh, that was a pretty good time. And freaking sorry, freaking freaking freaking. Got to be happy when this freaking sickness is gone. This crap's getting annoying. Don't want to cough in your ears. That's why I keep pausing and all that stuff. Sorry. Um, and the last film before we get into the top ten is a Halloween film. You get another Netflix film. Pretty know pretty much know where I'm going here. 
he'll be Halloween, man. Um, he'll be Halloween. I, I, I'm sorry to people who hate Adam Sandler. I never jumped on that bandwagon to, you know, start hating Adam Sandler. Um, always loved his stuff. Always thought he was funny going all the way back to, you know, Saturday Night Live. I loved Hubie Halloween, man. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a uh, cute movie, you know, funny movie. It seemed like Adam Sandler just mixing all of his stuff together into one big uh, Netflix movie with freaking Halloween as the as the prop, if you will. And it just it worked, man. Everything about that movie worked. It was freaking funny. Um, yeah, Hubie Halloween, number eleven. So there you go. That's the first. That's twenty through eleven. Which means we get to the top 10 and these are all movies that pretty much freaking loved in 2020 helped make 2020 awesome. And without further ado, let's jump into it with yet another Netflix original, man. Netflix knocked it out of the park this year as far as I'm concerned with movies, which makes sense for 2020 because 2020 was one of those years where didn't have movie theaters, didn't have the option to see a lot of the stuff, big streaming year. So... Netflix released some good movies, man. And I have at number 10 a little movie by the name of Enola Holmes, starring the fantastic Millie Bobby Brown. thought the story was good. I thought the direction was good. I thought the acting was fantastic, Millie Bobby Brown. I've said it a hundred times probably on the show. The future of acting is that lady. And, you know, Enola Holmes, it was good. It was really good. It was actually much better than I expected it to be. If you saw the Sherlock Holmes movie, it kind of fits the same feel, kind of fits the same style, and, you know, Millie kills it in that movie. So, number 10, Enola Holmes. Uh, coming in at number 9, We Summon the Darkness. Interesting freaking movie, um, kind of horror horror movie, cultish kind of horror movie, um, starring, i got blanking on names here, uh, Alexandra Anderson, is that her name? Alexandra, give me a second. <laughs> it's Alexandra Daddario. I don't know who Alexandra Anderson is. That might be somebody I went to school with or worked with. <laughs> but nonetheless, Alexandra Daddario, you know her. She's the star of the movie. It's also got Amy Forsyth from the awesome Hellfest movie. Dude, freaking Hellfest. Let me tell you that movie right there. Hellfest. Yeah, Hellfest. Anyways, We Summon the Darkness. Surprise of a film I saw this year. You know, and it was really fun. You know, pretty much follows... Uh, Three friends as they're on the way to a concert and it just turns into like a freaking crazy thing. So, We Summon the Darkness is going to come in at number 9 on my list. Which means we now go to number 8. Which I have at number 8. A Shudder original by the name of Host. Which, um, I say movie surprised me a lot. This one, total surprise. Because I do not enjoy um, webcam horror. I do not enjoy found footage horror. I do not enjoy shaky camera. I don't enjoy any of that stuff. Like, that stuff annoys me in movies. Um, so when I saw the trailer for this movie, I thought it was interesting, but I was very worried. Because I remember seeing a movie, I believe it was called Unfriended. Um, that was just that. It was, you know, webcam the whole time, and it just, I saw that crap in theaters, and, <laughs> you know, and it just, it left a bad taste in my mouth, and it just added onto that list of those type of movies that just, I can't stand, but then here comes Host, and, you know, I mentioned The Haunters earlier, got a good backing from my buddies over there at The Haunters, who both enjoyed it, and I trust them when it comes to movies, and 
I'm like, all right, I'm going to check it out. And pleasantly surprised, man. They paced everything right. They did everything right. The story was good. Uh, the acting was fantastic. The fact that this was made during quarantine, even more fantastic. Host was a shocking surprise, to be honest with you. And it's definitely a movie I'm thinking about picking up on physical as well, because holy crap, they did a really good job in that movie. Check it out if you get the chance. Um, it's on Shudder. I believe it's coming to Blu-ray February. So, not too much longer for that movie. But, you know, definitely get Shudder. Shudder seems like an awesome service. And, um, alright, that moves us to number seven, which for me is going to be The New Mutants. This was... Uh, I, saw, I saw this in theaters. Yeah, I did see this in theaters. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was one of the first X-Men movies that I was highly anticipated. I was anticipating this movie for a long time, man. And, you know, it kept getting postponed and postponed and postponed. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And didn't know when I was ever going to see the movie, if I was ever going to see the movie. Seemed at one point like maybe it would go to Disney+. Plus, But finally was released in theaters. I got to see it in theaters. And I enjoyed it. I know it gets mixed reviews, but, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed the horror elements in the movie. Um, I enjoyed the mutant elements in the movie. I thought the story was fine. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy's in it. She's a fantastic actress. Uh, Macy Williams, another great actress. So, you know, I mean, the cast was good. They had freaking dude from Stranger Things in it. Can't remember, I can't ever remember his real name. Jonathan from Stranger Things. Um, he was in it. You know, I enjoyed The New Mutants. You know, and I thought, like I said, I know it gets mixed reviews, but to me, it's one of my favorite X-Men movies. So, good on him, man. Um, number six, Underwater. Uh, this is a horror suspense movie, if you will, um, starring Kristen Stewart. I remember seeing a trailer for the first time and being like, I want to see this movie. And I did see this movie in theaters. And I enjoyed it, man. Like, I, I mentioned it on like probably like a Disneyoids episode a long time ago. Where when I was younger, I almost died from drowning. So, you know, I, I, that, like, that fear is still inside of me. And water and being underwater and stuff like that just freaks me out. Like, so much. Like, there used to be a ride at Disney um, World. I think it's still at Disneyland. Where 2000 Leagues Under the Sea or something like that. Um, where you're in a sub. It's not even really that much underwater, but freaking freaked me out. <laughs> and... You know, even thinking about it now, I'm like, I'd probably still get, like, a little a little sweaty thinking about it because, I don't know, water, like I said, from that accident when I was younger, like, it just, it messes, it messes me up. So, this movie plays very well on that, that fear, I guess you would say, that I have inside of me of drowning to where the movie takes place underwater, obviously, and, you know, it's dark, and at least there's so much suspense, you can't really see anything that's going on on the camera, and there's, like, a swoosh in front of you, and you're like, what the fuck was that? And then, you know, all this stuff, so, Underwater played perfectly to me. I think they did a fantastic job with that movie. Um, the, it just, I don't want to spoil anything, but I really liked Underwater. I thought it was really well done, and, you know, it was just another notch on that list to where, Hey, I don't this. I don't like you know. I don't hate Kristen Stewart too much anymore. Uh, there was one point I was like, man, I don't know about Kristen Stewart as an actress. And then Charlie's Angels happened, and now Underwater happened. I'm like, hey, 
I don't have much of a problem with Kristen Stewart as an actress. So, um, and she was good in the Runaways. But Underwater, like I said, that movie plays very, very well. Very well. And now, ladies and gentlemen, that means we are getting to the top five, baby. The top five films that I loved in 2020. Kicking it off with, at number five, The Invisible Man. This movie, let me tell you, this movie plays very, very well. Um, Fantastic acting, fantastic special effects, fantastic story. Like, so many things about this movie is good. Um, I would have it higher on my list if I didn't love the other movies more. <laughs> um, but it was very interesting with The Invisible Man. I need to see this movie again. Um, because I had two different reactions with this movie. The first time I saw it, I saw it in theaters. Absolutely loved it. Played perfect, fit perfectly. Second time I saw this movie was at my brother's house. It didn't have the same feeling for me. And it may be, maybe could have been because, you know, his kids were there and they were making noise the whole time during the movie. But, um, it just, it, it feels different. Like, I know some people don't believe in this, but some movies are so much better on the big screen in movie theaters than they are at home. But The Invisible Man is a really good movie. So I need to see it again at home to get, like, you know, that feel again. And I'm sure it'll be fine. Like I said, I have no background noise again, but... Some of those things are just so good in that movie. I I hate that some of the good scares were shown in the trailer. That kind of sucked. But it didn't ruin the movie for me. And like I said, I enjoyed it. Elizabeth Moss was fantastic in that movie. She deserves a lot of props for her acting. Um, yeah, so Invisible Man, number five. Uh, number four for me is going to be... Wonder Woman 1984, which I reviewed last week. I thought, you know, I pretty much covered it last week. I enjoyed Wonder Woman 80, uh, 84 a lot. I thought, you know, it was a fun movie. Overall, to be completely honest with you, it was a fun movie. Straight up comic book movie, storyline wise and everything. So, Wonder Woman 84. Don't need to talk too much about that. Like I said, I just reviewed it last week. But uh, number four on my list... Number three, this is going to be very controversial, but I don't give a shit. Um, Birds of Prey comes in at number three for me. Absolute blast of the film. Margot Robbie is undeniably amazing and charismatic as Harley Quinn. And freaking Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. Freaking fantastic charisma. The whole cast is good. The freaking story is fun as hell. Like Birds of Prey is just so underappreciated. And I don't get it. You know, but then again, that's the world we live in. We live in a freaking world where people think Marvel is the greatest thing to ever exist, which Marvel's good. They're not the greatest thing to ever exist. And it's okay that DC exists. And you know what? DC started this. So if it wasn't for DC, you wouldn't have your precious fucking Marvel movies. So, nonetheless, um, Birds of Prey is just a fun-ass movie, man. And it's it's a blast from start to finish for me. And it's so good and it's so vibrant and so freaking dark but vibrant at the same time the story is fun the acting is incredible like dude birds of prey is great check it out if you haven't checked it out that movie is just so freaking good um which gets us now to number two shocker of a film for me 
And um, when I was putting this list together, I had it a little bit lower, but I just kept looking at it, and I'm like, no, no, this has got to be higher. It's got to be higher. It's got to be higher. Uh, at number 10, I have Guns Akimbo, which is a freaking wild-ass movie uh, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving's in it as well. Uh, she's on my list earlier. Um, yeah. So Daniel Radcliffe, we all know him for freaking Harry Potter. But since Harry Potter, he's been doing these movies, with the exception of like The Woman in Black and I guess the Frankenstein movie he did. He's been doing like these wild, outlandish, story-wise kind of movies. And in this movie, he's playing a character who gets guns attached to his hands, like freaking freaking you know screwed into his freaking flesh and bone and it's just a wild freaking movie from there it's an action movie but it's freaking it's an insane movie and i had a blast watching this movie man like freaking what a wild idea this was and what a freaking way to pull it off they pulled it off so well that it was like it's ridiculous but it's not one of those movies that's like so ridiculous you can't watch it it's like, it's so ridiculous that you want to watch it and you want to see where this goes. And at the same time, it's freaking good, you know? So Guns Akimbo, man, very happily put that at number two on my list, which now gets us to number one, my favorite film released in 2020, which is going to be no shock to anybody who's been listening to this podcast. My number one film from 2020 is Emma. Nothing beat that film at all after I saw it. As soon as I saw the film Emma... Starring the amazing Anya Taylor-Joy. It's been num my number one film. And I just kept watching other stuff and going throughout the year. Because I watched this pretty early in the year. And just nothing came close to it, man. Like, nothing. And Emma, I went into it. Like, my idea going into Emma was... Not so much... I didn't know what to think about Emma when I was going into it. It set pla it sets place in an older time frame. Um, and, you know, I didn't know what to expect from it. I saw the trailer and I'm like, this looks, you know, looks interesting enough to want to watch. And it's got some comedy in the trailer. So I'm like, okay. So there's at least some laughs I can have with the movie. From there, I didn't really know what to expect at all from the movie. And, you know, part of me wanted to see that movie because it was... Before the New Mutants came out. And I wanted to see. Something more of Anya Taylor-Joy. To see how she is as an actress. And she freaking blew me away in this movie. Her mannerisms. Her acting. Her facial expressions. Her everything in this movie. It's just spot on. And the story is great. It's based on an old book. Um, a book that helped inspire Clueless. Which I found out recently. Which is very interesting. As well. Clueless is like a 90's version of what the story is. But yeah, man, Emma is just, from the look of the film, to the direction, to the acting, to everything that movie offered. It was just fantastic. It was perfect in every way for me. I had a great time with it. You know, obviously it probably shocks a lot of people because a lot of people think I'm like a horror guy all the time. And I love horror movies and all that, but I love all kinds of movies. And if you give me a good, compelling story and great acting... I'm freaking hooked, and Emma hooked me right away, like, I can't, I didn't stop thinking about the movie for a while, watched it back to back, actually, and the first time I saw it, I watched it, 
reviewed it and then immediately watched it again it was so it just it, it grabbed me man it grabbed me in all the right ways and i can't express you know it's hard to even review it without kind of like spoiling it but you you know the story um if you haven't seen the movie you may know the story i can't you know be that bold and say you know the story you may know the story um of the famous book and all that but definitely a fantastic movie that just absolutely solidified that it wasn't going to be beat you know it was not going to be beat and it didn't and hang on it held on all year and i was waiting you know and i was waiting i was waiting i was waiting and nothing beat it and nothing came close to the feeling i got watching that movie you know be honest with you the whole time i was watching that movie it it invoked every emotion like i said there's some laughing in it there's some freaking you know empathy in it there's you're you're just in like you're hooked it's gonna play on every emotion that you that you have and it's good man that's what you want from a movie you want a movie to be able to you know you want to relate to a movie in a lot of different ways and that movie just hit home it hit it hit home and i loved it so emma is my number one movie movie from 2020 Maybe shocking to some to other people who've watched or watched. Yeah, you can watch my podcast, um, which maybe in the future you could because I'm seriously after watching all these videos of theme park stuff and everything. I'm seriously considering vlogging. Um, don't know what I would do because I'm not all that interesting, but um, maybe do like video episodes of this show. Who knows? But nonetheless, that is my that is my list. That is my twenty films of 2020 um obviously 19 and 20 didn't really care all that much for it just had to fill out the list but the rest of the movies i enjoyed for what they were um hope you enjoyed my list um, let me know what your favorite movie of 2020 was but here we are man we're in the year 2021 a lot of movies coming out this year that were supposed to come out in 2020 and a lot of things to look forward to um so I, I actually saw a trailer for a movie that's coming out in January called The Little Things, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. That movie looks good, man. That movie looks good. So, that's an early running for maybe... It, it could make my list, who knows, after I see the movie. But, a lot of stuff coming in 2021, which that leads me into a future episode here. I'm going to talk about... Uh, all the films that are releasing in 2021 are at least my f films I'm interested in anticipating for 2021. So that is a, um upcoming episode for sure. Probably next week's episode. And again, I have another episode coming up where um, I'm going to list my favorite films from the last 20 years. So um, nonetheless, hope you enjoyed this episode. That was my 20 films from 2020. God, Emma, so good. Um, nonetheless, I thank you so much for joining me. I thank you for being on this journey. Thank you for staying with me as we enter this new year. Hopefully, 2021 will be full of a lot of amazement, a lot of greatness, a lot of happiness for all of us, a lot of growth for all of us. May all of our dreams come true in 2021. And remember, that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you all next week. Thank you.
Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.